last time on the It's a Classic podcast, we followed Lucius's journey a bit more. He followed his group of robbers down back to their base. Into the den he of hung out Eve. there for a while. Yeah. He um he met with a lovely couple who celebrated him because they helped them escape. Then they died. They were killed by Thrasilus <laughs> and, he... and a wild boar. Yes. And, and wait, uh, yeah. I. Yeah, yeah, that's that's him. We do hate this man. Yeah. Um, and then I think the the most pertinent like fact is that he now has been resold again, Lucius, and he is at a he's currently with a group of cultists who worshipped the Syrian goddess at Targatsis, mm-hmm. and they had traveled to kind of a um, the land of a of a rich person and the dog of this rich person had eaten the dinner that they were going to have. And so the chef's like, what am I going to make for dinner? And he looks out the window and he sees Lucius, the donkey, juicy standing there. Juicy and he's steaks. Like, oh, I know juicy do. donkey steaks. <laughs> exactly. Which I don't think would be very good. Um, Probably not. I feel like I, I know nothing about donkey meat, but I feel like it would be dry. Like I just get the the feeling that it would be kind of a gamey dry. Well, I feel like meat. most meats like, Donkeys are often used for like work animals, and if mm-hmm. a, animals worked a lot, and the muscles become very, you know, yeah, like tough, and so then it's not good for eating. That's why we do horrible things to our animals and just have them sit in cages. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. why the meat industry. Yep. Well, we'll, we'll attack big meat I, I in, no, in, in a later I, episode. <laughs> <laughs> take down big meat. Um. So, but before we jump into the next. Uh, section and the final segment i assume because there's not that much left of the golden ass i do want to clarify a pronunciation (laughs) because i met with my um advisor uh my professor of mine back at university of san diego who specializes in classical studies specifically the roman empire um and he and i mentioned the podcast and i told him i was doing the golden ass he was like oh that story's great uh Mm -hmm. apuleius is hilarious and I was like, ah, I've been calling him Apuleius. So his name is Apuleius, <laughs> the author of the of Apuleius, this, who? Of this piece. Who? That's <laughs> that's that's all I um that's all I necessarily have to clarify. But I thought it was pretty funny when he mentioned it, and I didn't like necessarily say I'd been pronouncing it wrong. I was just like, mm-hmm. just frantically but taking I, notes in in the Zoom call. He'd be like Apuleius. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's and so now I. I mean, I, I think it's known that I kind of pronounce everything wrong, but I just figured I'd get the guy who wrote this entire book's name right. Um, Very honorable. I all right. Know. Is there anything you want to uh, address or predict Here, this uh, this coming section? My note. Uh, I think that um, e- even though I, I did uh, beat this dead donkey uh, to death in the last episode, I think that Thrasileon uh, could return in the bear costume. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Um... I think that <laughs> what a twist that would be. Thrasilus will be uh, posthumously thrown off of the cliff, um, mm-hmm. and no, I think that's it. I think I think that's that's all that's that all that one. I would need to be uh, satisfied by the end of the story. Uh, optionally, mm. Lucius could be returned to human form, but but as long as as <laughs> bad guys not. get their comeuppance, I will be I will be very satisfied. Cool. All right. So, are you ready to get into the final section of the Golden Ass? Oh, absolutely. Good. Because the way this one ends, it's a classic.
It's jumping right back in. The chef, right, looking out the window, seeing Lucius looking all juicy out in the field. And Mm -hmm. Lucius is standing right outside the window with the window open. So he hears this. He, like, hears that the chef's going to try to kill him. Uh, He's going to try to go Gordon Ramsay on this ass. He's not (laughs) ready. Literally. (laughs) Yeah, literally. And so Lucius, like, pulls himself free of his lead and runs. He just books it. He's like, I don't want to be eaten. Reasonable. Uh, he bursts into the main dining hall, right? He just, he runs anywhere. So he goes to where the people who want to eat him are. And ah. he run, he bursts through the door. He destroys tables and silverware. He's like, he <laughs> he destroys the entire, like, dinner. The host of the house is How are you going to eat without forks, huh? How are you going to eat without knives? No, no way <laughs> to do his, it. <laughs> this was his plan. He runs in. He's like, I'm just going to stomp on your forks. So you can't eat me. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the host of the house is furious, right? He's like, ah. And so he orders that this donkey be locked up, not be killed, which I think mm-hmm. you'd, you'd think you'd do. But no, he's, he wants him locked up. Yeah. Lucius yeah. was then locked away in the church, like in the temple kind of that was on the property. And he mm-hmm. was happy that his plan, question mark, worked out like it didn't seem like he had planned this. But Lucius, the narrator, right, as he's narrating this section, he's like, I'm a genius. I, I knew that this everything went flawlessly. Exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, dude, you just <laughs> ran into a dinner party, smashed a bunch of forks. And now you're like, ah, I'm so smart. Well, I'm, I'm going to give him a few props. I mean, they mm-hmm. didn't need him yet so far. Yeah, it's, it's true. It is working. Well, soon a slave bursts into the dining hall and declares that a pack of rabid dogs had attacked the neighboring manor, and now all their animals were infected with, like, a crazed, mad disease, like rabies of some kind, right? Yeah, rabies or something, yeah. So this is not necessarily affecting Lucius right now, but the diner party then thinks, oh my god, that's the reason the donkey charged into our things, because he's infected with a horrible, mad disease. And so they, they basically the dining party just like picks up their broken forks, lights them on fire, makes torches or something, and they go march uh-huh. over to the church. They they formed a mob and they want to beat Lucius to death. And um, and Lucius at this point is still like thinking he's gloating like three hours later, like my plan just went off. <laughs> yeah, 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 like <laughs> no it's interruption. Like, perfect... He's just continuing to pat himself on the back. It's a perfect jump cut, right? It's he's just like and and nothing went wrong for me at all. And then it just cuts to them like a mob right outside the church bursting their way in. Just out the open window, you can just slowly see the fire coming up over the hill from each individual <laughs> torch just in the night. Um so then when the the mob got to the church, the the priests actually were like, "Oh, we can't let this." So they 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 realized once the mob got there. They were like, "Well, we don't want to get close to this donkey." <laughs> Because what if he bites us and then, yeah. we, then we get rabies? So they decided, what if let's just mm-hmm. lock him? Let's lock him in the like the the priest's quarters of the church. They like drive him back there and lock him in there, mm-hmm. and he'll die by himself because rabies is is uh, is mad disease. He'll die quick. And yeah, so Lucius he 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 had just seen an angry mob. He runs into the priest's quarters, and now he's like, well, now I got this nice bed all to myself. So he goes and sleeps in the priest's bed, and oh, uh, and he sleeps. Yeah, he has a he has a nice sleep. He has a nice little luxury. Yeah. Uh, for like, a second, I thought you were going to set it up that, like, somehow he was going to dress up as one of the priests or something like that. <laughs> and, like, and, like, and, like, walk and out, into... and you're like, my, what what long nose you have. And he's like, hmm. What four legs you have. <laughs> Just, he, he's dressed up as two priests walking side by side <laughs> with each other. <laughs> so then the next morning, the servants come and check on him, and they find him docile. So they're like, oh, he's not, he, maybe he's not rabid. So they offered him water, yeah. which is, like, a test of rabies, because if you have rabies, you're scared of water. Which I which I didn't know for like a long time, but apparently that's actually just like a thing that happens, which is crazy. I don't know what this I don't know what this yeah. bug does that like warps your mind to the point where you're like, no water. I don't I don't know the yep. science behind uh, it. That's uh, pretty interesting though. 
So I actually do know why this is. Even trying to swallow while having rabies causes intense spasms in the throat. And just the thought of swallowing water causes these spasms to occur. And in humans, this impact on swallowing causes an intense aversion or fear of water that isn't necessarily present in wild animals that have rabies. The wild animals will simply avoid drinking water to avoid the spasms, but in humans, it is manifested in this kind of fear of water. Anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting. Now, back to the show. That is very interesting. I think I've heard something about that before where, uh, like, there's an... you also get extremely thirsty, I think, to a point, like, during certain parts of it. Sorry, I'm not going to spout wrong science facts. <laughs> but, yeah, I definitely know that there's stages, like, associated with the, the aversion mm-hmm. to water at a certain point. And um, so he drinks the water, right? So they're like, oh, he's fine. He doesn't have rabies. So then later that he day, they... He just something the other Yeah, day. exactly. <laughs> so they give him... He's just insane. They give him... <laughs> yeah. Later, later that day, they give him back to the to the cult, right? He's loaded up with the effigy of the goddess on his back. And then they continue. The The next town, they stop at an inn. And while they're hanging out, like Lucius is eating some grain and stuff, they hear a story. And so now we're going into another classic one of the Lucius listening to a story segments. A story within a story, another one, another one. So this one I, I lovingly called the cuck story. So ah. they, they, I this is like... I don't know if I've gone into it before now, but they, they love, I think this is a big component of comedy in this era of just like wives cheating on their husbands in weird ways. That's like, if it hasn't, if it hasn't come up already, it's going to come up, come up again. Cause there's definitely another story that, that deals with this. So, okay. There was a man who was poor, uh, and he had a wife who liked to sleep around. Then okay. one day while the poor man was out, his wife was having sex with her lover and the husband returns home early from work. And they're like, oh, my God. So they're scrambling. Yeah. Uh, He then knocks on his bedroom door and he finds it locked. And he's like, why is my bedroom door locked? The wife then panicked, tells her lover to hide in the empty storage jar nearby. So there's like a storage jar in the bedroom. She's like, oh, go hide in there. Must be a big jar. Yeah. So (laughs) it is big. It's like um, it's used to like store like grain and stuff, I believe. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we still have a lot of these kind of, th- uh, which have been preserved to like today. They're like, they're helpful for figuring out what people were up to. Hey everybody, editing Zion here, just to clarify exactly what kind of storage container we're talking about. It's actually called a dolium and there is no standard size for this kind of jar, but it could measure up to six feet in height and could hold over 300 gallons, plenty of space to store a regular sized human being. And it was normally used for storage of grains and other foodstuffs. But apparently, they were also used in the theater for acoustics, specifically to create sound effects, like some sort of echo, like you could yell into it and create a loud, booming sound. Anyway, thought that was pretty cool. Now, back to the show. Then, yeah. so the the husband, so the wife then, the wife goes and opens the door, right? The husband opens it and like, the husband's like, oh my God, I have such great news. Um, I'm, I'm just so excited to tell you that I just sold this jar to a man for six denarii. Uh, so now oh, we can incredible, eat. incredible, incredible. We can eat tonight because they're poor and they don't have money. Uh, yeah, yeah. So then the wife—it'll be a very heavy jar, mysteriously heavy for all <laughs> yeah, I know. reasons. You, you, should, you should pick it up uh, just, and leave immediately. The yeah, wife's yeah. actually—I actually think the wife is pretty clever here. So the wife laughs and she says, mm-hmm. "I've already sold it to someone for seven denarii, so like one better than yours." And the husband's like, "Oh my oh. god, that's that's even more amazing. We could eat like 
we can eat 1.5 meals <laughs> instead of just or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. We, just, we were going to so eat excited. one chicken, but now we can eat like one and a quarter chickens. Exactly. And that, that is really raising and that's, our, our that's, uh, meat that's threshold. luxury. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, we can't. We can't promote meat, Nick. We're fighting up against big meat. Oh, uh, that's right. Uh, we can now eat uh, four eggplant. yams. I don't know. Oh, wait, sure. they would not have had yams. I don't think. Uh, yeah, eggplant maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. I wasn't thinking about the logistics of it actually being. <laughs> Sorry, I don't uh, know the importation to the new world and, and, and different things like that are, are not on their minds yet. The husband's like, oh, great. Where, where is this man that you've sold this jar to? And she's like, oh, he's inside the jar right now inspecting it to make sure it's sound. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, he's testing that's, it. For, that's, some big, uh, yeah. that's some big brain move by the wife, I got to say. Um, so then on cue, the lover like peeks his head out of the jar and he's like, oh, it's, oh, it's too dirty to spend seven on. I, I will not buy this jar. Um, oh my God. The husband's like, oh, my God. It. I will I will clean the jar for you, so then you will buy it. Um, I like so, that the husband has forgotten that the door was mysteriously locked. Oh yeah, he's circumstances of this. He is not got to keep the room secure for the jar. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then the husband right jumps into the jar and starts cleaning it. Um, mm-hmm. While he is inside, the the lover then has the wife lean over the top of it and then goes at her from behind. So like they're having sex while the husband is cleaning the jar, and. Then the husband finished cleaning cleaning the jar, and then the lover pays him seven denarii, and then they leave. Well, yeah, I have questions concerning how long, first of all, it takes to clean the inside of the jar, but second of all, uh, I don't know how dirty just that the, jar was. The common, yeah, it could have been very dirty. What uh, the thing is, the husband of Selene noticed the dirty things happening outside of the jar. True, um, he was too concerned with the dirty the inside the jar. Dirty inside. It's it's actually it's a metaphor for uh, what the, the inside of a person versus the outside. Right? Oh, it's it's all about beauty, yeah, skin yeah. deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. No, this is I, why, this I'm is actually... why I have you on. This is why I have you on, Nick, for your deep analysis of these uh, these dense texts. Thank you. I I I have a lot of faith in you, Zion, but I I don't think anybody can quite notice these metaphors quite as well as I can. I agree. So, uh, I, 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 I agree. I completely agree. Uh, uh, on a on a kind of a more. Uh, serious note though like you kind of mentioned the trend of um like uh, the comedy being about like cheating wives and kind of the inventive ways of doing it i wonder uh, who was telling the story in the context of of the story oh like at the inn it was just kind of like they were hanging out in an inn and it was just like a story being swapped back and forth like as at a tavern kind of like mocking someone that they had known from a, a nearby town yeah i wonder if it's like it's clearly a way to like mock kind of like marriage institutions and probably the expectations of the time. But yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder if there is kind of like the power dynamics in it of, of, of giving the wife who might not have the same amount of power, like kind of the ability to fool the husband in that kind of way. Well, and I think, and I think it, that's, I think that's definitely it, but it's also, it's an entirely sexist story, right? Because the, the assumption is that the humorous aspect of the story is that the wife could out, could possibly outsmart the husband, basically insulting the husband oh, by saying that his yeah. wife is smarter than him, which should not be. But that's like just, just yeah. not how it wor- it's playing with... works. Yeah, yeah. The old expectation would have been that, like, yeah, I see that. Yeah, it definitely keeps some of those kind of sex. At least, at least that was that was my kind of interpretation. That's place. that's where the the humor comes from a, a, a completely sexist place. Yeah. So then the uh, that's the end of the story. It's a pretty short story. The cult then stays in this town, right? The town with the inn for several days, uh, and they figure out. As they're there, they figure out their next big money-making scheme. Because you'll remember, this cult, what they've been doing is kind of like telling the fortunes of people and then charging like them for it. And mm-hmm. Lucius was like not liking it because he was like, this is all a fr- they're, they're just scamming these people out of their hard-earned money. And 
Yeah. This, the cultists had realized, oh, what we should do is instead of just telling like fortunes, we should start doing prophecies, like really kind of going into the specific oh. future and like what, and giving advice to people. And so, so really then, upgrading their services, getting into to some mm-hmm. more specific stuff. I could see how that could backfire, but also uh, I like that there's like the leveling up between just regular fortune telling and prophecies. Like we got to mm-hmm. get into the the big game stuff now. Like we're and we're this get is specific you, as we can. You asked this question last time. It's like were these people actually just trying to scam people, or were they like mm-hmm. at least in their mind legitimately kind of like praying to their goddess and offering some sort of fortune? And before now, were it they wasn't, just bad at their job? Yeah, before now, it wasn't as clear. Now, it's very clear that they are just scamming people because any time anyone came to see them about, like, a prophecy, they told them the same thing. Uh, quote, Yeah. The yoked oxen drive the furrow now so that one day luxuriant crops shall grow. End quote. That's, that's like, anytime anyone came to them, that's what they would say the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, that's nefarious. That That, that, that is... That is cryptic and 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 vile all at the same yeah. time it's very much like a very normative kind of prophecy it's very much just like stay in your lane do your work and one day you will uh you'll be rich or something it, yeah. it, it that's basically it's just like work hard so that you will get rewards that's the prophecy oh my god <laughs> that'll They're, be 10 they, denarii these are early cultists to capitalism dude it, yeah it, it, <laughs> these are just these are just setting it up early these are like those entrepreneurs that, like, tra- that charge you for like their kind of like um, management course or something online. And then they just tell you, you just need to be built different. You need to just work hard. Yeah. Notes the grindstone. And one day you'll be a millionaire like me. That's why I can buy this, this uh, Lamborghini. Yeah. I don't need to sleep. I just read 40 books a day. With, mm-hmm. and, and how do I pay for it? Definitely not my parents' money. No. But if you have, it, you too, with parents' money could also become like me and have a, a Lamborghini that I rent. <laughs> <laughs> that I rent for this video. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yeah, that's what they were doing. So then after they told this prophecy over and over like a ton in the in the village, they would leave, right? They'd just be like, all right, before anyone could put two and two together that we all told them the same prophecy, we leave. Yeah. Uh, so this this doesn't look as favorably on um on this cult <laughs> as, as much as the, yeah. the first kind of, the earlier section. Then... Yeah. Before long, the cult was halted by armed horsemen who fell upon them. And oh, okay. they then locked up the entire cult in chains, claiming that they had stolen the gold cup from the inner sanctum of the mother of the gods. So that was a, a, a temple from the town they had just left. There's apparently a place yeah. where there was a special cup. And they were claiming that the cultists had stolen the cup. That sounds pretty impressive. And outside of this cult's wheelhouse... Uh, based off of their their hitherto known schemes, so I'm <laughs> I'm gonna say that there's been a mix up of some kind. Maybe not. Maybe they maybe they've got one person in their midst. So while the the soldiers uh, or the men are screaming for them to return the cup, Lucius just like goes through the bags on his back, like he's just like like you know like kinda, like roots around in the bags that he's carrying, and he just pulls out the golden cup. Mm-hmm. Oh, incredible! Uh, incredible! A snitch! I, I, uh, awful for him to do. Uh, they they didn't go it, into them stealing this cup, so I don't know how Lucius knew where it was, or if he just happened to find the cup they were looking for. But he 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 has the cup in his teeth, and then the guards all look at him and they're like they start laughing, and they they say that even the beasts of this cult forsake them because of their villainy. So they're just they just think it's hilarious that even their donkey sold them out. Yeah, up until this point, like the leader of the cult was just like, 
I cannot believe that you would accuse us of doing something this vile. <laughs> we respect you. We came into your town. We supported your industry and tourism. And you and just behind them, uh, <laughs> just you could see Lucius just rooting through. It falls. It yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Plops onto the ground. Lucius picks it up. But just you get like a five minute. Spiel yeah, I even the, the insolence. So just how how dare you? <laughs> do you know who our I even, I even like the idea of like Lucius like going through the bags and pop, taking out a bunch of stuff that was like stolen from the town like just like absurd more and more absurdly like large things like they stole like another donkey he pulls like another donkey out of the bag and he pulls like some yeah. bags of money and he pulls some crops I don't know you know he just they 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 stole everything from this poor village the daughter of the town leader of some <laughs> yeah, exactly, kind as exactly. well one of one of the guards <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the cult was then locked away and Lucius would, was put up for sale once again. Classic. This is the, this is the narrative. I feel like he's happy about this one. Yeah. This time he's like, okay, maybe he didn't like, he didn't didn't like the cultists. So a man bought him and took him to his mill once again, not a repeat person, but a repeat job. He's, he's going to go work in a, in a mill again. Yeah. And so Lucius looked around and saw that all the beasts in this mill were old and sad. And he realized that this was going to be his fate. <laughs> he was like, I'm just going to be working in this oh, mill no. until I'm old and sad and then die. And um, so resigned to it, he let his head hang Relatable. and he pushed the mill with only the life of the miller and his wife to entertain him. So now, right, he's just he's just pushing the mill over and over. And the only source of like joy in his day is hearing about the lives of these two people that he's like enslaved under. So not See, I thought you were setting it up for like he was like, oh man, I'm seeing this, and like I've got to stage like a prison break. I didn't, I didn't expect that resignation. No, he's so resigned thing. for some reason, even <laughs> though that no other like containment of his has lasted longer than a, a chapter. <laughs> like he always yeah. escapes. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm just imagining like he can even see like roses outside of the sill, and he's just like, no, I'd have he's to, like, nah, I have to move my head. What's the point? <laughs> I'm just gonna be a naked man inside of a mill when this is all over. And is, <laughs> is that better than me having a purpose now? <sighs> so apparently, as he's listening to their lives, the miller's wife was the worst. Uh, she was greedy, spoiled, and mean, and she also ah. rejected the gods and instead worshipped one that she made up called the one and only God. Ah, so. Lucius, I, Lucius doesn't like this this one and only god, this poser. Does this one and only god like bear like a striking resemblance to the woman herself as well? She's <laughs> like, okay, this, she's got like she, uh, my god has blonde hair and like just <laughs> listing off all of the different aspects. I'm trying to see if I can get a cult following for myself. Let's let's see if it'll work. <laughs> so she also loved to sleep around and drink a lot, and mm. if that wasn't enough, she would also torture Lucius day in and day out for no reason because he's just a donkey. That's, yeah, that's awful. Like he, she, she would just beat him a lot, and he was just like, "I'm sad." And you're like, "Yeah, it's okay. I, I know." We have the precursors to be, uh, to capitalism, and I think that this woman is the is probably the precursor to the big meat industry. <laughs> oh, we we're back. Right we're back. No, I'm ready to go we're to war. We're on it. Meat. We're gonna go. Uh, <laughs> we're ready for it. They worship their own. No, I one think true I God. think Lucius's you know resignation is uh, a lot of people really feel like just stuck in the the mill of capitalism, dude. Yeah. The mill that just it just grinds you down. It doesn't just grind down the products; it grinds down the people. So now, hopefully, there's an uplifting end to this story because I don't actually remember what happens to Lucius <laughs> in the mill, or else I've just told a horrible prophecy about capitalism. I 
You might have anyways. Mm. But we'll have to so, wait and find out. One day, Lucius uses his long, strong donkey ears, right? Because he's got, he's got super good hearing with his donkey ears, to listen to the conversation mm-hmm. between this horrible woman, the miller's wife, and an old crone who she always hangs out with. Mm-hmm. They were gossiping about a man named Barbarus, who was one of the town counselors. But Oh, I thought he was going to be the town barber. I was, <laughs> that'd be I was sick. excited for that. <laughs> no, but you know what's even more sick is that he has a nickname. Uh, mm-hmm. I want you to... I, I, <laughs> what do you think that his nickname is? If I, it's so if I cool. had to go for it, it's I feel like cool. it's got to be... Bla- it, is it Barbarous the Barbarian? No, no, no. Or, it's like an animal. Like They like okay. he's, he, they call him like the something, and the something is an animal. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to list through animals that I think are really cool. Um, mm-hmm. The Sam... No, not the Salmon. Uh... <laughs> The Wolverine. That's hold on. <laughs> Your first thought of an animal that was cool was a salmon. I like salmon. They they I swim mean, upstream. Why yeah, did they do that, it? That because is the, that is the cool thing about them. Yeah. I and I think they're cool because they taste good, but also because uh, they swim upstream. <laughs> dude, and I think they're pretty. That <laughs> big meat has its claws in you, dude. I know. I'm sorry. I can't criticize okay. them when I'm in their pocket. I can't control it. So people called him the Scorpion. Uh, because he was so sharp. Oh. Whatever that means. Oh, that's pretty... That is very cool. It's that, a pretty cool I, that's nickname. That's very cool. So, yeah. now, right, the old crone and the miller's wife are gossiping back and forth, so then we get to hear a story about Barbarus. <laughs> so, Barbarus was super overprotective and controlling of his wife. And... Less cool now. He, <laughs> suddenly... He, he, well, start off cool. Suddenly yeah. we don't like him as much. You give somebody a cool nickname, it, it raises them up, very controlling of their wife, it... I, it, it, it doubles down into the negative mm-hmm. territory. So then one time he had to leave town, but he wanted to make sure that no one got near his wife. So mm. he ordered a slave named Mirmex to ensure that no one even touched her under the threat of starvation. So he's like, if anyone even touches her, you're going to starve to death. Uh, uh, not, yeah, not cool. <laughs> no, no, no. So then, oh man, here we go. Philisitheris Philisatheris, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Philisatheris was a young man in the town, and the wife of Barbarus caught his eye. So what he did is he bribed Myrmex to let him into the house late at night. They actually go into a lot of the fact that, of how much money <laughs> that he bribed Myrmex with. It's like a lot. Because he basically... Was it? He basically just said that it was more than like Myrmex had ever even seen, like let alone like like wanted yeah. like he's he was even like, like this is an absurd could have ever wanted yeah. it was just like i've never seen this amount of wads of coins yeah. collected together <laughs> yeah, exactly. into this physical spot so he's like i'm I, I, okay yeah. fine you got me i understand like the motivation for her then too because she's like oh like you're gonna starve me i can pay I, well i don't know what the slave system is. It, it, it's it's not gonna be good because it's a slave system right. but i uh <laughs> I'd imagine i don't know not. if they could retain money on uh, she could have hidden it away mm-hmm. but it could work out in her favor if she can for her own food. So then, Barbarus then, and the wife met up and began to begin their first campaign under Venus's banner. That's how it is phrased, uh, which I like. Very dramatic, <laughs> and yeah, and makes it into a very warlike uh, endeavor, which is interesting. Yeah. And then suddenly, Barbarus is at the door. He he had returned home early. Um, but there's a big jar. In the court. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting it now, Nick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Mermex freaks out and ran, runs to the bedroom to to get Phyllis Atheris out a window before Barbarus could arrive to see his wife and like see Phyllis Atheris. It doesn't matter that it's on the third story of the <laughs> no, building. It doesn't matter at all. He's going out the window. <laughs> so 
Philosotheris gets pushed out a window. He's fine. And the household goes to sleep. And Miramax is like, whew. Um, the next morning, Barbarus, he wakes up, right? He wakes up and he's like, oh, he stretches. And he sits up out of the bed and he looks on the ground and he's like, wait a minute. Those aren't my sandals. Whose sandals are these? And um, he then puts Miramax in chains and then leads him to the center square. To like, because he's convinced, like, you betrayed me. You let some man come and sleep with my wife, which he did do. Um, yeah, to publicly, to publicly shame them. But there's a lot of explanations I feel like. Could, well, he did come to the right conclusion. Yes. But, but. it could have been the wife. Bought new pair of sandals, mm-hmm. and they just weren't the right size. Right, yeah. Um, it could have it could have been a number of things before before adultery. There could have been a lot of possibilities. I think that that, that speaks road. to a bit of a lack of trust in the relationship. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, yeah. I I, I couldn't have seen it coming based on uh, the way in which Barbaros acted, but uh, <laughs> I, yeah. So on the way there, right on the way to, to the center of town with Miramax and chains, they pass Philosotheris who sees the slave in chains and realizes what happened. He's like, oh man, I've been caught. I left my sandals. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he does. He figures that out in an instant. He runs up to Miramax and yells at him, accusing him of stealing his sandals yesterday at the baths. He's like, how dare you? He starts beating him. And he's like, you stole my sandals from the bath. They're my favorite sandals. Then Barbaros is like, oh my God, stealing sandals is a far less, like it's, it's a far, not as bad crime as letting someone sleep yeah. with my wife. So he releases Miramax from the, um, the chains and, then like you know is like you know what Miramax I forgive you for your sandal thievery let's give this man back his sandals and all is forgiven um, I'm glad with the way things have turned yeah. it could have gone worse because in some circles theft might have been considered <laughs> yeah. the worst things but <laughs> like Phyllis Atheris is trying to like do Miramax a solid and he's like you stole sandals death instant death <laughs> not even time for starvation. yeah everyone in the town is just like we can't have a thief around here <laughs> we're not gonna let that happen yeah. <laughs> just instantly stoning or something so that's that's the end uh that's the end of that little story that the, the so the crone yeah i mean you know just a nice little sandal stealing but, story but before we depart from that story yeah. uh i was thinking um what other nicknames barbarous could have to more fit the personality okay of yeah, yeah. A mean person mm-hmm. uh, i came up with one option uh during that whole several minutes of time to do it uh but i think it works well the salmon uh the koala oh, okay the koala. No, 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 salmon are cool we established that salmon are cool right koalas koala. may be cute and cuddly but they are notoriously grumpy and, and stupid and uh um, i think they're also riddled and... with chlamydia Yes, all of the above, and that is why Barbarous, I think. <laughs> all right, no longer uh, the or thenceforth, no longer the scorpion, now the koala. The koala, the gross chlamydia near the end of life. Apparently, uh, they starve to death at the end of their life because their teeth. Apparently, they ground down their teeth. Oh god! So they just all fall out, and so they just oh, <laughs> koalas no. have a rough time. I feel bad for them, but again, why did they're, why did evolution they're grumpy, do this? strange little creatures? <laughs> they apparently will not acknowledge eucalyptus leaves when they are placed on a plate in front of them. Right. They will only notice that they tree. eucalyptus leaves if it's on a tree. <laughs> Just they're wild creatures. I love uh, them. So despite the chlamydia. <laughs> yeah, that's their one flaw. So now the Miller's wife, right, heard this story from the old crone and is impressed with the story. And she's like, man, I want to have my own night with Phyllis Atheris. Cause he sounds like a, he sounds like an amazing lover and a great dude. Uh, who's thinks that this is like Yelp. Yeah, honestly, this, this uh, no, this, yeah, this old crone is just like pimping out Philosotheris because the, the crone is like, oh yeah, for sure. I'll go send for him right away. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Wait, what? <laughs> so, and I think, I think it's less like specifically 
and I and I I remember thinking this when I read the the text itself. I thought that she was literally going to get Phyllis Atheris, but I think what happened is the Miller's wife just kind of wants that experience of like being with a young man. It's not necessarily Phyllis Atheris himself. It's just a young dude who yeah. would like sleep with her. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's just another notch in the. It's entirely physical. It's not about the emotional no, attachment. No, no. So the Miller's wife then uh, sets about making a feast for her husband would be dining elsewhere for the evening. So she starts making a really nice meal for her like mystery lover to come. And like, so then they can eat and stuff. Uh, okay. So the Miller's wife and the young man had hardly kissed when classic third time in the same episode, the husband comes home early. <laughs> I feel like this was meant to be foreshadowing of what yeah. was happening. Yeah, yeah. So then the uh, the Miller's wife hides the young man below a trough used for husking grain. So he's like underneath this like trough. And I feel like he's gotten the worst version of this. The other two got to hide in a jar. Or like leave, yeah. Being under a trough. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, just leave. So the wife then lets the the, the Miller back in and he's and she's like, oh, why did you uh, return so soon from your, your friend's house? And then yeah. the Miller replied, he's like, I couldn't stand to be in the house any longer with the Fuller, who was his friend. He was at the Fuller's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I couldn't stand to be at the house with the Fuller's adulterous wife. Uh, ah, and, his, and his irony, and his own wife, <laughs> his own wife, the Miller's wife, is like, "Oh man, uh, tell me the story of what's what happened." Um, <laughs> Crazy, couldn't be me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What the, the Miller then says, "Oh man, the Fuller's wife had stashed a young man underneath a cloth that was being bleached with sulfur, but during the dinner, the sulfur made him gag and sneeze, which led him to being found out." And I was so mad, I just had to leave. I, could, I can't stand the idea of anyone who would ever cheat on their husband. Can you? And she's like, oh, no, no never. Um, no, 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 stay, yeah. I mean, that would be one way to get rid of him. If you can't stand being around him, just be like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> be like, uh... <laughs> so then... You've come to the wrong place, my husband. <laughs> <laughs> so now, cut back to Lucius. We haven't talked about him in a while. So he's just, you know, being sad in the corner. And he's like, I want to expose the Miller's wife. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I want her to, to have her life ruined. So he sees the boy's fingers sticking out from under the trough. And so then he walks up to them mm-hmm. and like stomps on them with his hooves. <laughs> and oh, then, then the boy cries out, revealing himself. Yeah. Uh, he like freaks out. He bursts out from under the trough and he's like wailing his fingers through the air and he's like clutching them. Yeah, his fingers probably hanging by a thread. And from the imp- this, oh this I God. thought was so scary. The The miller does not seem upset. Um, The... The Miller then just kind of like looks at the boy and looks at her, looks at his wife, <laughs> um, and then he sa- and then he told the boy he's like why don't why don't the three of us uh, go make love together, and so then uh, they go and uh, I guess they have a threesome or something in the bed. He he doesn't miss a beat. Uh, uh. Then you said okay okay something else happened. Yeah. <laughs> the next morning, however, uh, the the Miller tied up the boy, uh, and then beat him within an inch of his life and then sent him packing. Ah, and so well, um, I also hmm. believe that the um, that the like the sleeping together part was more of a like punishment for the boy as well. It wasn't like supposed to be enjoyable for him. It's supposed to be very like weird. Yeah. Um, it was just like you want to sleep with my wife while well, you also have to sleep with. Me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of creepy husbands. Yeah, a lot of creepy husbands. A lot of a lot of cheating. That's like every story has involved cheating. This whole section. And, um, I feel like there's very few like just good characters in this story. Like even the little kids are like, "Oh yeah, but I'm gonna beat the <laughs> crap out of the, the crap out yeah, of the." Yeah, I'm, like, I'm gonna set the. I, I can't think of one fire. good. Yeah. 
The Charité, I guess. Charité and, and uh, That's true. Telepolymus. But they but died. Other than that, all <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't even really like Lucius all that much. Like, he's fine, but... The Miller doesn't, like, leave his wife or anything, right? He just, like, they mm. continue in, like, a resentful marriage, which is the best way to, to um, live. Uh, revenge for them both. I, I also like that revenge was the thing that motivated, finally, um, Lucius to being like, yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm in my doldrum of a life. Let's, let's have some revenge time now. Uh, which kind of backfired because the Miller's wife began to even further resent her husband and eventually turned to dark magic to enact her revenge. Um. So then one day... That stuff's just laying around. Just anybody... <laughs> anybody could just pick up some cool. dark magic. <laughs> yeah. So one day, the slaves of the miller went to his home to ask for more grain to grind. And they found him hanging dead from the beam in his home. Uh, they took the body down and performed last rites. And the miller's wife showed up and was like, oh my God, is he dead? Oh no. <laughs> she pretends to be heartbroken. How did this happen? Yeah. What? <laughs> um, soon... The Miller's daughter, right? Because apparently these two had a child. The Miller's daughter comes oh. and reveals her mother's scheme because okay. her father had appeared to her in a dream and told her of his fate. Thus, the Miller's wife was cut out of the inheritance and sent away. Basically, what, what, she, what she had done was like uh, use like dark magic onto his mind to make him kill himself. To make him kill himself. Yeah. Hmm. Less inventive than some of the other uses of dark magic that we've seen. I, I think she should have spent more time on the plan, but good for the daughter, because yeah. now she gets everything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then the belongings of the Miller were auctioned off, including Lucius the donkey. So he's free. He's free of this Miller curse, dude. He's out. Free to the extent that someone else can buy him, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This time, uh, a market gardener purchased Lucius and used him to load him full of his produce and take it to market. So he's just a guy who grows things and then takes them and sells them. Just like a, a This sounds like it could finally be nice. Yeah. Like he still has to carry stuff, but like he gets to get out of the mill I mean, and it's not, see the world. It's not, like, it's not great because the market gardener was very poor and the weather had turned cold, so Lucius was outside in the cold a lot. Uh never mind. But you know, I mean he's you know, he doesn't seem as like sad as he was before. Yeah. So then one day, a man arrived at the market gardener's property lost. Like this man shows up, he's like, I, I where am I? And mm-hmm. the market gardener offers the man shelter and a good meal. And the lost man then tells the market gardener, you should come to my property later this later tomorrow once I find my way home so I can reward you for your hospitality because I'm actually very wealthy and I happen to be lost. Oh. Hey, that works out. Um, so the market gardener's like, oh my God, yay. So he rides Lucius to the property, which turned out to be a huge manor. And the market gardener oh. ate a lovely dinner with the master of the house. Uh, awesome. And this is when just a whole bunch of like wild stuff just started happening. Um, okay. Like insane. I'll prepare myself. So a hen gave birth to a live chicken. No egg. That's the first thing. Just it gives okay. birth to a chicken. Um, Chickens are now mammals. Okay. I, yep. I can weather this change. Okay. Like that just happened like under the table that they were just eating at. And then. Oh, okay. A gaping hole appeared under the table and spewed out what looked like a fountain of blood. Uh, um, okay. Okay. So, okay. Not okay. not not quite as 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 crazy as it could be because it turns out that it wasn't blood, it was just wine in the cellar that had suddenly boiled and exploded. Uh, so it went from like it, being definitely supernatural to being like, okay, it's just the wine. But then how did the wine boil and explode? Yeah, I was about to say, is the house on fire or what? Uh, what's happening? Apparently, no. Then the scariest one so far: a weasel was seen with a snake in its mouth. <gasps> Ooh. Apparently that's uh that's just like a bad sign. Okay, yeah, no, yep. Um then 
uh, a frog jumped out of the mouth of one of the sheepdogs. Also spooky. And that weird. is a weird one. That is spooky. Yep. I and like then it. the dog, that sheepdog is trying to round up the sheep and one of the sheep kills the dog in a single bite. Like the sheep bites the dog and the dog dies. Okay. So we are, we're seeing like these weird reversals of things. Yeah. Well, okay, uh, interesting. And this, and this just, this news was like flooding into the main dining hall, right? So like they're eating their dinner and then like a servant bursts in and is being like, sir, a frog has jumped out of the mouth of one of the sheepdogs. Then another server comes in, sir, the sheepdog's dead. A sheep bit him. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. And they're just sitting, they're, they're all sitting there just, just covered in wine, just like really confused. Um, yeah. So now they're, while everyone's still reeling from this, uh, these signs from the gods, which everyone's like, what are they signing? Yeah. What are they, what are they signaling to us? What's wrong? What did I do? What's happening? Um, it's going to be a real problem if it's multiple gods sending multiple signals that are just, they're all conflict. A lot of people got their wires crossed on this one. A messenger. I mean, I think so. Right. Like these all can't mean one thing. They don't, they're not very clear. Yeah. Uh, a messenger arrives with terrible news of, for the master of the house. It was about his three sons. Okay. I'm starting to see it now because maybe the chicken Mm. emerging, the baby chicken and his offspring sons. Yeah. And then. That's as far as I can go currently, but I think the wealth is, is, is it's the end of the line. I'm guessing oh. it's the end of the wealthy line. So the three brothers had ventured out to help a family friend. They had heard that he was in trouble. Uh, mm-hmm. The family friend was a farmer, and he was being forced off his land by a rich tyrant. So mm. the brothers arrived and faced off against the tyrant. They were like, we, we're not going to let you force this man off, off his land. Uh, yeah. The tyrant then sets his hounds upon them, and the hounds tore apart the youngest brother limb, limb from limb. He's, he's dead. Oh, my God. Maybe, perhaps, in a fountain of blood. Hence the, 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 the wine the fountain. fountain. Of blood of the wine. Perhaps. The wine I don't know. Um, okay. Okay. Seeing this, the other two brothers, like, are enraged, and they rush the tyrant, ready to die for revenge uh, for their youngest brother. Mm-hmm. The tyrant Absolutely. then throws a spear, which kills the middle brother. Um, much like the frog leaping from the sheepdog's mouth, I, I, that could, I don't know about that one. Um, well, okay, that was a personal one that you were doing. No, right? I'm that not wasn't the book. The, the book, the book <laughs> okay. itself made no connection between these events and the the signs. I'm just trying to do it because I think it's funny. That's fine. I support it. I support um, it still. So then, the final brother was blocked from reaching the tyrant by a slave, right? Because the the tyrant had some guards, and so he was like trying to rush at mm-hmm. him. Uh, but the, yeah. the tyrant rushed forward, ready to kill the final brother. Like he was like, ah, leave him for me. I must kill him myself. Um, yes. As the, as the tyrant swung his sword, and this is such a cool image. The, um, the brother, his hand snaps out and grabs the sword, yanks it from the tyrant's hands, throws it to his other hand and stabs the tyrant. Um, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so yeah, then no, that's awesome. Oh, not only, sorry, not only does he stab him, he actually slices off the tyrant's head. Uh, oh yes so then maybe that's the fountain of blood and that, as, that could be the fountain of blood as he slices off the head the hounds converge on him tearing him apart um, oh so it was a no win scenario I got real excited oh, I was wait. very hype about it I, I'm getting too into this that's not what happens the hounds are about okay. the hound. No, it's not any better. The, the hounds are oh. the hounds are about to descend upon him and before they can he takes the sword and slices his own throat so that he doesn't die to dogs okay, I get it <laughs> You got me excited. This has been an emotional roller coaster. I thought, okay. Well, get, re- get ready for another drop because the master of the house, having just heard this, reaches for the cheese knife and cuts his own throat as well. Um, that's a sharp cheese knife. I, right? I, like, <laughs> cheese, I know that's the cheese not knives I have used are not Damn. sharp enough to cut throats. 
yeah, um, a lot, either a lot of pressure or they just were a lot sharper back then. Ma- cheeses might have been tougher. Mm, um, harder cheese, true. We know that they were tough to find. They could have oh, yeah. been harder as well in terms of uh, substance. So now the dinner party broke up with every member fleeing the horrible scene that had just happened. Um, the market the market gardener like mounts up Lucius and he begins riding home. He's just like, he's just like wringing his hands with anxiety over like what he had just witnessed. He's like very unsettled, reasonably, I think. I should never have helped this guy. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I the frog, just where did the frog come from? How did the frog get into the dog's mouth? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I like to think that one of the signs like was just completely unrelated, but like all of the, the servants that were pouring in were just freaked out by different things. And just, <laughs> he was just like, this, this one was weird. I don't know. I don't get this like, one uh, as much. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's like, it's like that one meme. It's like, uh, what did you, what did you get for the tech? What did you get for number four? I got 12. I got 37. I got Abraham Lincoln. For some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just complete. He has no idea what an omen is, yeah. but he's just like, this could be. Yeah, frog. Mm-hmm. So then um, on his way home, the market gardener, right? Uh, a soldier stops him, demanding that he hand over the donkey to the military. He's like trying to like, he's he's doing that thing in action movies where he's like, I need your car. <laughs> but it's a donkey. Okay. I was like, is Lucius being drafted into a war? Is that? I mean, kind of. <laughs> is that what we're? Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, and this is where we get into some interesting ling- linguistic stuff. The market gardener didn't speak Latin, um, so he's like, oh. I don't know what you're saying to me because <laughs> the soldier's speaking him in Latin, and yeah, the market gardener speaks Greek. So then the soldier had to repeat it in like broken Greek, uh, and the market gardener kind of understood him and then begged the soldier to let him keep his donkey. It was like the only way that he was like earning his living. Um, yeah. But the soldier was, like, also not really fully understanding. But, like, he was like, I need the donkey. Like, he starts, like, pulling on the donkey. And the market yeah. was like, no, please, I need my donkey. Um, and you Luci- need to eat. Nothing's more important than <laughs> yeah. war. Um, then the market gardener just, like, snaps. And he tackles the soldier, wrestling him to the ground. Um, he then places his hands on the shoulder, the soldier's hip, draws his sword, and begins hacking away at the writhing soldier underneath him with his own sword. Um, oh... <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lucius is just slowly stepping back. Like, <laughs> Lucius, like, I need to, okay. I need to leave. <laughs> I've had a lot of weird owners, but this, this one. So this now the market gardener's just like covered in blood. The soldiers like, just like dying below him. He then like jumps back on Lucius and rides back um, home. Um, I feel like he's got a good alibi though, because he could just be like, "Okay, I know it looks like I'm covered in blood, but, it was but just I just got wine. back from this wild party <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. where there was this wine geyser that popped." In. Don't worry about it. I just need to wash myself off. And if you happen to see any dead bodies in the road, I didn't see them. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the um, so he actually he actually goes to a friend's house. He doesn't go to his own house. He goes to a friend's because he's like, "I can't go to my own house. They'll find me." Um, mm-hmm. so then the next day, soldiers arrived demanding to know where the man and the donkey were. Uh, they were like he's been he's wanted for the death of a soldier or the I don't actually think the soldier died just like the the, the injuries of a, shol- a soldier. Um, yeah. So the friend is certainly like, oh, I got no idea. I don't know where this guy is. Uh, Lucius like hears all this commotion. He's like, oh, what's going on? He sticks his head out the window and like looks at the soldiers that are like at the front door. <laughs> um, and yeah. The soldiers are like perfectly in line with the wanted poster of the donkey, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like the perfect artist rendition of the face. And the soldiers <laughs> like, "Oh my god, there he is!" And they bust into the house, <laughs> and apparently, mm-hmm. uh, this was the origin of the um, the common proverb: "The peeking, the peeping ass and his shadow." I I couldn't find anything about that. All I could find about this was like an Aesop fable, um, mm-hmm. where a man hires a donkey and then like rests in the donkey's shadow, right, while he's like 
not working. Uh, and the, yeah. and the owner of the donkey says, you can't do that. You didn't hire the donkey shadow. <laughs> you just hired the donkey. Um, you just, yeah. And then while the two are arguing about this, the donkey walks away <laughs> and then neither of them have the donkey. I, um, I like that. Yeah, it's a, little, it's a fun little fable. I don't think it relates to this at all, but I thought it was funny. We need to bring it back into common usage. Yeah, right. I don't know how it would be used, but I think we can brainstorm together. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of this call, we can uh, we can work on bringing it back into the vernacular. Um, so that's the end of book nine. Book nine was pretty long. Nine was intense. It, it had a lot of heft to it. It had a lot of death. It had a lot of cheating. Um, now we're in book ten. So Lucius, okay. Lucius says he never found out what happened to the market gardener. He was just taken away by the military. And then Lucius was put in service of the military. So you're right. He got drafted. Um, okay. I think it's for the best that he doesn't know what happened to the market. True. Gardener. He probably he does not want to. that negativity in his life. It's too much. So he then traveled with the military to a new town. And then while they were there, a terrible crime was committed. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is like a kind of a, you know, another another classic story within a story. So story within a story. in this town, the military uh, stayed at a house of one of the town counselors. And the master of, a ho- of the house had a son with his wife who had who had died some years ago. The wife was dead. So mm-hmm. he then got remarried uh, and had a son with the second wife. So then okay. the second wife became infatuated with her stepson and demanded that the two of them sleep together. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, no, this is so far. <laughs> uh, nope. The stepson did not want this. Uh, but he realized that out, outright refusal would lead to, like, his destruction. Like, she would, like, be mad at him and, like, ruin his reputation or whatever, right? So he yeah. just... Accuse him of something. Yeah, so he just stalled. He was like, oh, maybe. Maybe later. Um, maybe tomorrow night. Maybe the night yeah, after exactly. that. Who knows? So soon his... I'm not going to keep you guessing. Soon his stalling made the stepmother realize that this wasn't going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And she now knew she had to do exactly what the stepson was worried about and get rid of him. Because he can't possibly, yeah. like, share the story that she wanted to sleep with him because that would ruin her. Um, yeah. So she worked with a slave uh, to poison a cup of wine and left it out for him to drink. Which I feel is, like that's relying on a lot of knowledge of the stepson of like, okay, yeah, he. It's also not. A, go for a it's also, yeah, it's not. A, it's not a good plan. It's just leaving a poison glass just on a table. She doesn't give it to him. She just leaves it there. Um, yeah. Which it this shows that out that that was not a good plan because uh, instead of the stepson, her actual son comes home from work and sees the, the cup and drinks it and dies. Um, yeah. Oh, man, coming back from a long day of work, I sure could use a refreshing, cold glass of that's wine. That's literally what happens. <laughs> like I said, he was thirsty Amazing. after a long day of work. He sees a glass of wine on the table. He's like, oh, perfect. Dead. Yeah. Goes back and forth with taking sip. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I'm not sure if I want this vintage. This just is, I don't know if it's breathing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, You're like, oh. So thirsty. <laughs> um, so then... When the master of the house returned, uh, his wife was panicking and convinced him that her stepson had poisoned her actual son. Uh, she was like, the stepson poisoned him for some reason. Uh, we don't know why. <laughs> yeah. um, so then court was assembled and the stories were shared. And then the um, the slave that she had worked with, right, to poison the cup in the first place, was called to the stand and testified that the stepson had indeed purchased poison and killed his stepbrother. He was like, yep, he did it for sure. Um, why this loyalty that's oh man okay. the counselors were about to cast their votes they were like ah oh, this young man is guilty when at the very moment like dramatic like law and order style I don't know if that happens in law and order yeah. I've never seen it but we can assume there was a dun dun yeah. and somebody came through the doors a doctor springs forward uh, and covers the top of the vase that they were about to cast their votes into like they basically have this big like vase they were about to like 
chuck their like you know black or white stone Socrates style in. Um, yeah, iron A. And he just covers it. He's like, no, do not vote. And they're like, what? Yeah. So he explains that, th- that this slave himself had come to purchase the poison from him. But I didn't want to sell him poison because I had, I, I had a feeling he was going to kill someone with it. Uh, mm-hmm. So instead, I gave him a draught of mandroga. Mandragora, sorry. A draught of mandragora, which oh. induces a death-like sleep. But doesn't actually kill them. Oh, so the stepson is still alive. The whole crowd rushed to the tomb of the son, and the father like pulls out and rips off the lid, and then pulls him out, and then the young man inside is shaken awake. He's like, "Oh, what? What's happening?" <laughs> um, oh man, I really am tired after a long yeah. day of work and then drinking some wine. <laughs> oh, I had such weird dreams. And so then the crime of the stepmother and the slave was revealed because the doctor was like. They must have poisoned the the son, but they didn't. He didn't die, so it's fine. But also, the they did a bad thing, so they were both crucified. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> Slip that at the end there. Then, just a little, yep, minor crucifixion. So the military didn't actually have Lucius for very long because they sold him again like really fast. Um, this time they decided the war was not as important as they uh, as as a, as a quick dime. This time they sold him to a pastry cook and a chef. Um, he loved. I'm hoping finally he loved this situation because he ate amazing food all the time uh pastries. lucius was just stealing he was stealing small amounts of the pastries and the, and the food um it's a little pie on the windowsill just exactly the little nibblets of it but yeah, over time perfect. over time he got more and more bold um and he started just eating entire things that they had prepared and they were just like where's my baguette or whatever <laughs> you know <laughs> where's my yeah, where's exactly. my tart and the paste the chef and the pastry cook began to grow suspicious and they started, like, they were blaming each other for a second. They were like, are you eating my, there? are you eating my, no. Here's what we're going to do. No, we're gonna, no, no. We're going to leave out, we're going to leave out food and we're going to spy on it and see who's stealing. Um, they were then amazed to see that their donkey was eating the pastries and meat pies. Uh, yep. And they, they weren't mad, actually. They started to laugh. They were like, what a crazy diet for a donkey to have. That's, that's wild. Um, yeah. Wanting human food? That's crazy for a donkey. You should be eating grass. So then they were laughing and laughing. And so they were laughing so loud. The master of the house hears and he's like, he barging. He's like, what's so funny? And they point at the donkey. And they're like, look at this donkey. He's eating meat pies. He's in the pocket of big meat. <laughs> oh, um, no. <laughs> so the master of the house is like actually like so amazed. So he buys it. He buys the donkey from his like servants. Um, and then he mm-hmm. brings him into his own house to eat at his dinner table as a novelty to other guests. Like he was like, look at this donkey. It's eating people food. <laughs> This donkey likes to eat really good food. What a yeah. crazy donkey. And everyone's like, oh whoa. Like it's yeah. actually it's actually a huge success. Um, I'm, soon, I'm happy for Lucius. This seems like the best best option for him. Soon, the master actually realizes that the donkey's intelligent and could respond to speech and even dance. Because it's Lucius, it's Lucius in there, right? Like, if someone's like, yeah. hey, uh, donkey, jump up and down. Can donkeys jump? Never yeah. mind. I don't know. Um, I, they probably have the joints to do a little skip, a little hop, a little mm-hmm. Elon Musk hop. So eventually he realizes that he's like, oh my God, this, this donkey's amazing. Um, so Lucius was with this guy for a long time. And mm-hmm. this guy's name, the master's name was a uh, Theasis of Corinth. And he showed off this amazing donkey. And soon this donkey was renowned throughout the land. And people were coming from all over to see this incredible intelligent beast. Like they were so blown away with the stuff this donkey could do. Um, the asses was so popular as a result that he had decided to travel home to Corinth and host a three day gladiatorial contest in celebration of his amazing donkey. 
Lucius does not have to be involved in this gladiatorial event. Does uh, he? No, no, no. It's he's, he he gets to you know okay. he gets to sit in the stands and wear the cool like wreath and then like give a thumbs down or whatever, but with a hoof, a hoof down or a yeah, hoof yeah. up. No, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I I was worried that like they got to the point where they were like, this donkey's intelligent. Let's see if he can fight. <laughs> <laughs> Just give him a sword to hold in his teeth. Let's How see would a donkey do fare against a lion? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, so then, at the games, the asses set up a tent and started charging people to come in and, like, marvel at Lucius. So very much he set up, like, a sideshow tent for them to come in and be like, whoa, this donkey can, like, nod his head or something. And, like, and, yeah. and eats good food. <laughs> uh, Lucius began to notice one particular woman kept returning to the tent. This woman seemed absolutely taken with him. She then paid the asses a handsome sum to have possession of Lucius for a single night. Uh, is it, is it Flotus? Is it after all, or Fotus? <laughs> after all this time? She led Lucius into a luxurious room and she, she gave him some wine and then she drank some wine. Uh, then they drank, <laughs> then they all, then they both drank a bunch of wine and then, uh, she proceeded to sleep with Lucius the donkey. Okay. Yep. Um, Sorry, I'm just. Yep. Okay. No, you're processing. Yep. I, I acknowledge. Um, does she explain? I'm. I'm sure you're yes, gonna get into she it. Yes, she does explain. Know? No, she okay. does. She does not know it's a person in a donkey body. She just wanted to sleep with a donkey. Um, and I, and I don't know that it would excuse it if she did know that it was a person inside of a donkey body because it would mm-hmm. still be a donkey. But I, I'm also surprised that Lucius went along with it. Lucius uh, was just like, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. <laughs> it, was, it was then that Lucius like hears the backstory of this woman who's obsessed with him. Uh, mm-hmm. So she was once married and grew suspicious and hateful of her husband. And she found the woman who she suspected him cheating on her with uh, and trapped her in a net and whipped her to death. Um, and then it turns out that she was wrong. This woman was actually her husband's sister. Um, so she just oh. was misinterpreting the situation and killed her husband's sister. Uh, she had been hearing too many of the stories about people cheating with each other. And yeah, she just, was just like, I, just, I have no trust. Uh, nope. She then decided, she was like, oh, okay, I have to cover my tracks. I got to poison my husband. Um, uh-huh. So mm-hmm, she mm-hmm, then... Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on board. Continue. <laughs> so then she she gets a doctor to give her, to give her, her husband medicine, but it's actually poison. Like she, The doctor will pretend that it's medicine, but it's but it's poison. Um, yeah, so this doctor did not have the, the moral sensibilities of the last doctor. To be mm-hmm. like, Maybe I'll just give him a nice little So then the, the doctor shows up with the poison, right? And he's like, here you go. And then the wife's like, hold on, mm-hmm. doctor. You can't possibly expect to give that medicine to my husband without you trying some first. And the doctor's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? She's like, no, no, try some. Try some <laughs> to, prove, to prove that it's not poison. Because <laughs> if it was stay, poison, that would be very psych. bad for you. Stay psych. Stay psych. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so the doctor's like, uh, okay. And drinks some of it, and then he's like, mmm, and then gives it to the husband, and the husband's like, good enough for me, and drinks it. Um, as a result of this, both the doctor and husband died. Um, I, oh, what? Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bad doctor, and he got what he deserved, but also... this, Yeah, this lady's nutty. Spill it. Just drop it, man. Um, <laughs> so she was then found out by the authorities and put to shame. Um and so then just shame. She, well, okay. she like fled and now she's like, I think she has this almost like weird kind of like self punishment philosophy where now she wants to sleep with donkeys. It doesn't necessarily explain that part that well. Um, okay. So, so soon the gladiatorial contest festival was in, was on in full. Everything was going great. Um, mm-hmm. The asses then had the idea to publicly join Lucius and this wicked woman in holy matrimony. They're like, let's make a big show of it. Let's have you two get married. Lucius is a donkey. So he couldn't necessarily like be like, uh, no, uh, yeah, he uh, he couldn't say I do though either. No. He couldn't really give consent either way. 
And Mm -hmm. then he hears, like, off in the sidelines, that this wedding is actually all part of an execution. Uh, The woman will be eaten by a wild beast for her crimes in the marriage bed with a donkey. Uh, These they, people are very good at pulling off elaborate ruses. I am, I am incredibly impressed. Um, mm. Oh, okay. So it's not because she killed her husband and the doctor. It's because she slept with it's the because of the bestiality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So um, Lucius huh. then fears for his life because he's like, "What if the beast eats me too?" Mm-hmm. He breaks free of his restraints and flees. He runs miles and miles and miles until he reaches a place called Ken Ken Kenture. C-E-N-C-H-R-A-E-A. I don't actually know. I like it. It sounds cool. So he is so tired that he falls asleep. And now we have arrived in the final book, Book 11. (gasps) Book 11. Uh, Lucius awakes to see the full moon hovering over the dark sea. Uh, He decides that he might as well offer a prayer to the goddesses and gods above. Uh, he's not even sure what to pray to. He's so like miserable and he's just like, I just, anybody up there, I will play to Ceres, who's Demeter, Venus, who's Aphrodite, uh, Proserpine, who I assume is Persephone. Um, <laughs> then he didn't get the name, right? He's whoever, <laughs> yeah, yeah. whoever you are. And then as he weeps, he dunks his head in the sea like seven times. And he's just like, ah, uh, he's like wailing. And then on the seventh time <laughs> he lifts his head up and he sees it. A goddess emerges from the sea. Oh. She's wearing a diadem with multicolored gemstones and a mirror in the middle. She's wearing a black cloak dotted with stars in the moon. Uh, in her right hand, she holds a staff, and in her left, a pitcher. And her sandals are adorned with palm leaves. She sounds pretty cool. Um, she does sound very cool. So she then explains to Lucia, she appears to him, and she says, I am known by many names. Some call me Juno, or Ceres, or Minerva, or Venus, or Diana. But I am the primary goddess. The Egyptians got my name right. My name is Isis. Uh, which is an Egyptian so god. So are you telling me that the Miller's wife was right about there I, being only I one? I think, yes, the Miller's wife was right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Of all of the religious takes in this, I did not expect for the Miller's wife to have the right one. Amazing. Well, it's also very much kind of like going into the idea that the... Um, the Romans had about Egypt, Egypt being this kind of like very foreign, very magical, mystical place. Uh, so of course that they would be the one who kind of like got this, the, the God, the gods like correct. Right. Because you'll remember kind of way earlier in the story that the Egyptian like priest was the one who was able to revive the dead straight up so that he could like tell the story of who killed him. Yeah. Um, so I think this is very yeah. much playing into that idea of like Egypt is kind of a, a far off land with mysterious powers that we don't fully understand. Um, and so, she, she basically says, the Egyptians know my true name, Queen Isis. So then Isis explains to Lucius that I've heard your prayers and I want to help you. Uh, and Lucius is like, oh my God, the first time in forever anyone's wanted to help me. I was about to say, Lucius is just like, why did it take you so long? I've been doing this for forever. Why couldn't it have been back when I was in a mill? Why couldn't it have been when the yeah, robbers yeah, yeah. wanted to throw me off a cliff? <laughs> hey. She's just like, don't give me that. I have, I'm busy. Did you hear what happened, was going to happen to me with the robbers? They were going to gut me. And then sew a lady inside of my skin. You weren't going to help her. You weren't <laughs> going to help me then either. <laughs> um, she says that you must go to the festival of Isis and find her priest, for he will be holding a garland of roses. Um, oh. And though, she says, for the rest of your life, you must honor me forever. 
even when you have died and entered into the fields of Elysium, you must sing my praises. And with this, I would. she just like yeah. disappears. And then Lucius awakes again and like stares back up at the same dark moon over the dark sea. Um, yeah. And he's, and he's like, he like leaps for joy and he's like hooting and hollering. He's like, oh my God, I'm going to be human again. Oh my God. Wait, where's the festival? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually, he hears the nearby sounds of a massive celebration and he's like, that must be the one. Uh, ah, perfect. And he follows the noise to find a colossal procession. Um, mm-hmm. It's made up of people dressed as gods in a manner of ways. Uh, and at the end of the procession walks the priest of Isis holding a, holding a rose garland. Uh, Lucius slowly approaches the priest who sees him coming and smiles because I uh, guess he must have, uh, you know, gotten the news. Yeah. I was expecting almost more of like a comical kind of thing where he just had to slowly inch his way closer to the roses and just like, <laughs> like reaching, kind of like uh, Remy's brother at Ratatouille oh, yeah. when he's eating the grapes. Yeah. And just, hum, hum, hum. <laughs> the um, Lucius reaches out and takes a bite of the rose garland. And with that, his fur falls away. His spine shifts and his face delongates. Uh, and suddenly Lucius is standing before as a human being once again. Woo! Yeah! Um, the priest then praises the goddess Isis and tells Lucius that he owes everything to her. And Lucius is dumbstruck and is like, yeah, you're right. And then follows the procession. Um, it's true. Soon, rumors of his recovery spread and his family journeys to see him in the flesh. They're like, we thought you died. And he's like, no, I was a donkey. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he greets his family and but he doesn't return home. Uh, he instead oh. becomes an acolyte of Isis. He interesting. He lives on the grounds of the temple and becomes more and more absorbed in his religious studies and contemplation. And then soon, the head priest of Isis comes to him and tells him, "Good news, you're to be initiated later this day. Like to mm-hmm. be fully initiated because you have to like be kind of in the organization for a long time." Uh, yeah, kind of showing that loyalty, kind of. That pledge. Mm-hmm. So then, Lucius, that like he in in the actual text, he gets pretty coy, like the narrator, but telling the reader what he saw during the initiation, he says like I can't go into it; it's too like sacred. But I will tell you that I was able to worship the gods in their very presence. So I think you can kind of assume he just he, he saw the gods. <laughs> yeah. Um, he then remained at the foot of the statue of the goddess and fasted and glorified her. And, and then once this period was over, Lucius thanked the head priest and left the temple to go forth and spread the word of Isis. Um, he then headed off to Rome, and it was a year before he saw the goddess Isis again in a dream, who told him he had, pre- he had to prepare for a second set of ceremonies to be inducted into the cult of Osiris as well. And Lucius, okay. o- Lucius obeyed, selling even his clothes on his back to afford the materials for the ceremonies. And then he did the ceremonies, and next Osiris appeared to Lucius in a dream. And told him as a reward for his faith, he should enroll in the college at, at Pastafori. So Lucius then heads oh. to college to further his studies and better his life. And that's where the story of the golden he parties ass parties a lot, has ends. A, goes to a lot of keggers, yes. <laughs> um, joins a fraternity. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's where the story ends. It ends with Lucius heading off to college, much like Toy Story 3. That's interesting. I, I have a question regarding that. Ending. Sure. Does, like, does the author represent this kind of turn of faith? in the same comical light that we've seen, like a lot of the kind of representations of religion throughout the story, or is it supposed to be kind of taken as 
genuine. It doesn't like a genuine. Confession. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to be any sort of like mockery. It seems to just be like Lucius found this kind of. Yeah. No. Yeah. It does. It doesn't seem to be any sort of like mockery. It seems to be like an actual genuine awakening of some kind. Um, interesting. Which is, yeah, which is pretty interesting. At least that's that's what um, what I interpreted from it. It's it's entirely possible that the entire thing is like steeped in kind of this level of irony that even I kind of missed it. Um, no. But yeah, it just it seemed like this is this was the way that Lucius kind of was able to be saved, which is kind of an interesting most evangelical end to this kind of book be like, and if you find uh, ISIS, you will be saved. Yeah. You could see it kind of replaced with like a, a, a Christian figure yeah. instead of that kind of, yeah, it is very infitting with the evangelical, but no, that's, no, I, lo- I love that. Yeah. So what, what do you think of the story overall? I know it's a bit of a wild story. I, I quite, I quite like it. I think it's pretty fun and weird. Um, yeah. I like the meandering nature of it. And I think, it's interesting because I think we kind of pointed out like there is fairly few redeemable characters. Mm-hmm. Like the world is fairly uh, sharp and like a lot of people get very severely punished for their mistakes, their crimes or different things like that. Uh, it's interesting to have, I don't know if it's redemption at the end because it wasn't necessarily Lucius's fault that he got turned into a donkey, but it is interesting to see, first of all, that some kind of faith is the thing that delivers him to it. Um, but just that he even gets that much. Like I could have seen a very different kind of ending where like, he's, he's just a donkey. He's yeah, yeah. And that's what happens to him. Um, but no, I liked it. And I like all the mini stories. I think that they are uh, well entrenched into each other. I know they're, I, they're, I they're entertaining. All right. Well, thank you for sharing the, the story. Is there, is there any lesson we could take from this final section of the, of the golden ass? I think there's many lessons. But I think the most important one mm-hmm. is if you see an unattended goblet um, just <laughs> laying out for you after you've had a long day of work, it maybe not even just wine, maybe Gatorade, it could be water, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, have have somebody else try it first. See if they fall into a sleep that's like death. Uh, and if not, then it's safe to drink. But other than that, be weary of unattended drinks. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good lesson. I think that's a good one. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the final part of The Golden Ass. We will be back uh, next time with uh, more crazy stories from the ancient world. And once again, thank you to Nick for joining me uh, for this entire story. Thanks I know it was a bit of a long one. All right. Good. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Bye, everybody. Mwah. Mwah.